We aren't here to destroy you, but we will be talking about that at the end. I'm Greg, and this is the Warren Beast Podcast. I'm Kendall. I'm Jordan. I just realized that this is the first time that I've ever had my video on while I did this, and I just saluted the camera. <laughs> I feel really dumb. <laughs> uh, but yes, we are here. We are going to review the final lull. I mean, it's technically... It's the only half left to review of Obi-Wan Kenobi on Disney Plus. Interesting series. Uh, I mean, we'll definitely be getting into our overall thoughts on it, but definitely took some interesting turns. Also, I fucking called it. <laughs> yes, yes, you did. I turned cool. to my wife when we were watching that episode. I'm like, I fucking knew it. We'll get there eventually. See, the fact that you can remember what your opinions were in the previous <laughs> episode. I my my opinions change so quickly on this stuff, especially when it comes to like I can never I like the thing that has bugged me. And I've probably said this on recording before, but like the thing that has bugged me is I'm like I'm like 75 percent sure that I predicted that the emperor would return in rise of Skywalker after seeing the force awakens, but I can't find any, I haven't been able to find proof mm-hmm. like, uh, cause there's a, cause there's a passage just cause there's a passage in, uh, in um, the novelization of the force awakens that uh, talks about Snoke having seen the, the empire, having seen the empire rise and fall. And when I read that, I was like, he, that he's Palpatine. Like people were saying he's, he's Plagueis. And I didn't agree. I was like, he's, I was just like, he's Palpatine. And I'm pretty, like, I'm pretty sure that that's true, but it's also very possible that it's completely made up and that I actually had no idea, but I think there's enough there. Like it's, I don't know, one of the, one of the, one of the millions of criticisms of last of, of uh, rise of Skywalker is that, is that the emperor's return came out of nowhere. And of course, when I tell, when I, when I say that to people, like, yeah, but what about these eight other problems with rise of Skywalker? Well, no, I was just talking about this one. Um, cause I could address them one by one, but, <laughs> but you don't want, but you don't, but we, but that would be tiring. And the fact that I brought this up is a bad sign already, but <laughs> <laughs> but like one of the major criticisms is, is the somehow Skywalker bad, but is the somehow is the somehow emperor, the emperor return. Hmm. Um, and like, to me, that's like, per, that's a perfect way of bringing him back. And, and it was very clear and it was pretty clear. It wasn't surprising at all. that Palpatine would, you know, like it has to all come based on the way that, that things went down in, last Jedi it has to come together with some with a familiar figure and and there was also set up for that in Force Awakens and it all comes it all ties together if you see this like this uh, bulletin board behind me that has the note cards and the string and the um but anyway so trivia 
Part four. When the officer tells <laughs> Kala to accompany him, she leaves her intercom at the exact same position as C-3PO does in episode four when stormtroopers enter the room. The shot is also very similar, a possible homage. I did notice that. And spoilers. When Obi-Wan is in the Fortress Inquisitorius, the body of Jedi Master Tara Sinube, who helped Ahsoka Tano find her lightsaber in Star Wars Clone Wars Lightsaber Lost, can be seen in one of the tombs. The torture chamber where Reva takes Leia in the, is the same one used in the video game Jedi Fallen Order to torture Trilla and her Jedi Master Sarah Junda. The latter escapes, but Trilla got subdued and transformed into an Inquisitor. The two ships that help Obi-Wan and the rest escape... The Inquisitor's base are modified T-47 airspeeders, also known as snowspeeders, because of their introduction during the Battle of Hoth in Star Wars Episode V, The Empire Strikes Back, 1980. This is the first time this kind of vehicle is seen in in, in other environment, is, is seen in other environment in live action. So there's a typo there. Uh, Reva placing a tracker and then arranging the ship to be let go so they can find the Home base of the path is similar to Vader's strategy with Millennium Falcon in Star Wars 1977. In the latter, Leia realizes their escape was too easy. They must have retracted. Uh, Obi-Wan uses the broken windows in the Inquisitor's base to escape the, the troopers and drown them, just like in the video game Fallen Order. Uh, the Empire holds Princess Leia captive in an unassailable fortress. Obi-Wan goes to rescue her with someone posing as, an imper- as Imperial. They yes, rescue her, but Empire, odd the Empire has so similar. placed a tracking device that will lead the Empire to a secret base at Yavin, part part four, episode four. Similarities. Um, uh, okay, part five. Do we have tri- oh, do we have trivia for part five? I, I won't read every single thing. Okay, here we go. Um, during the battle with the Imperials, Roken uses a Wookiee bo- bowcaster. I did notice that. <coughs> Although he didn't blow people away like the other Wookiee bowcasters that we've seen. Uh, by the look of Obi-Wan and Anakin during the training flashback, the event takes place during the events of Star Wars Episode Two: Attack of the Clones before the Battle of Geonosis due to the fact that Anakin still has his right arm intact, lost during his confrontation with Count Dooku. Oh, that's interesting. I didn't, I didn't catch, I didn't catch that. I don't think it's during the events of. But it, but it would be before. I would have thought that it would have maybe Genosis. been right before. See, I was thinking it was. I was thinking it was after, just because uh, the aging technology didn't make them quite look uh, all the way young. But uh, but no, if it's if he still has his right arm, then yeah, that's what it is. Uh, Christina Ariel, one of the hosts of the Star Wars High Republic show, whatever that is, appears as an extra at the end of this episode, she's one of the people in the freighter and is sitting next to Leia. Who cares? Um, <laughs> and part six has too much trivia. So I'm just going to read like one or two at the beginning of the episode. Vader's star destroyer is chasing the ship where Obi-Wan and the re- refugees escaped to beam, just like the beginning of star Wars, 1977, where it's chasing the tainted four, where Leia and the rebels are carrying the stolen blueprints of the death star. Also music plays is very similar to the John Williams, track hyperspace which played in star wars episode five empire strikes back during the millennium falcons escape from pursuing imperial ships after departing cloud city uh yeah leia's theme from episode four new hope can be heard when obi-wan is taking young leia at the end of the episode or when he's talking to her episode fixes a continuity problem with the movie episodes 
six and three in episode six, when Vader's helmet is removed, he has a lightsaber scar on his head. However, in episode three, he never received a blow to the head during the lightsaber duel in this episode. Vader received a lightsaber blow to the head, which gives him the injury seen in movie episode six. Uh, when Obi-Wan greets Luke at the end of the episode, he says, hello there. These are the same words he uses when he first encounters Luke and R2-D2 after their encounter in the Sand People in Star Wars 1977. Okay, I don't care about the rest of this. Um, so <laughs> this is Ben Kendall reads IMDb. <laughs> like, there you go. To the, to the max. And Kendall yeah. basically went through the entire plot synopsis of episodes <laughs> four and five. <laughs> Well, episode four for sure. (laughs) Well, the episode four, it had the references to to Fallen Order, which I really appreciated that. So um, I did want to bring up, it is very interesting that uh, you can, you you know, you have like ring theory and all this shit with Star Wars stuff. There's six episodes of this. Um, There were a lot of similarity. You could really, if you were, if you were somebody who made a YouTube video and other people I'm sure have, have made this very clear, but after the first three episodes, which I don't have any memory of, a lot of people were pointing out that the three episodes felt very similar to, uh, to the prequels in, you know, the kind of the themes of the first episode of things coming together. Then the second episode being, I don't remember the exact stuff in the first three episodes, but it was very compelling when somebody else wrote it and I read it. But then four, five, and six, what we've just been talking about thematically, major parallels, you know, yeah. going in and rescuing, you know, rescuing Princess Leia and then be, and there being a tracking device and all this stuff in four and then in five, having the sort of darker tone. Um, and then in six, kind of everything, everything coming together and good, good conquering evil kind of stuff. Like, like very, like it is not as it is. It's clear that there is some intentionality here. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think the structuring and, and pacing, I think they definitely tried to keep similarities. I'm almost, I'm almost wondering if they're fearing going too off from the norm of star Wars, just because they're fearful that they're going to get backlash. Like they might've seen with say like solo, which was, you know, not the normal star Wars movie. So I think they're, they're that. And of course all the backlash that we had with episodes seven, eight, nine, and that there was no real plan in place, you could say, but so I, I think I mean I think I just demonstrated that there was a plan in place for the sequel trilogy, but well yeah we can you can move on you can move on I I just I gave irrefutable evidence mm. that a hundred percent of the sequel trilogy was completely mapped out. <laughs> Obviously, Ryan Johnson and J.J. Abrams worked together. Anyway, sorry, keep because going. obviously the emperor came back. Yes, the emperor fucking obviously the very came next back. Day. Ray is obviously the. Like she has to be the kid of the emperor, even even with the your parents are nobody's reveal in Last Jedi. Nobody thought that was re- that was the truth. Everybody knew her parents had to be somebody, and they couldn't be anybody except for. Why am I still talking about this? Keep <laughs> go 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 go. Sorry sorry. I'm 
all of my all of my uh like little Star Wars shoulder chips have been chipped lately. So, mm-hmm. uh, you know, can I, can I just say you guys I are tre- you guys are treading on thin ice here. I noticed uh, from fourth episode on that uh, Ned and Lolo were in the the uh, zoom buys of the studio. The studio like things like remember how we said they show the helmets? Yes. Oh, oh yeah. were they? Yeah. From at least at least from four on. They might have been in there sooner. I know they weren't in the first one because, like I said, I watched that. But I kn- I actually started paying atten- like extra attention since I watch you know and yeah both Ned and and Lola's faces show up in the in the uh, as the uh, the 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 what is that like light glare goes by. See, I'm gonna have to go and I'm gonna have to go back and check that because every time my wife tried to press the button to skip, she would hit fast forward and it just pissed me off because it's like no, just hit the center, hit the, hit this hit hit the fucking center button. My I love you, but you you don't know how remote controls apparently work. Hit the button. So, so yes, I missed that a bunch of times. But yeah, women, am I right? Can't live with them. Can't live without them. (laughs) See, I'm just glad that I'm in the basement and my wife is asleep upstairs right now. My wife probably heard me say that. She's gonna laugh and then be fake mad at me. Mm -hmm. All of a sudden, something comes out of the frame and hits Kendall in the back of the head or something. Molly, I was I was talking about Greg's wife. I wasn't talking about you. <laughs> she says she's uh, playing Uncharted. She's not listening. Oh, there we go. <laughs> so, I mean, yeah, episode four is, you know, it has so many story beats. Like, we, we pick up Leia has been kidnapped. She's being held in this fortress with the Inquisitors. You know, Obi-Wan is definitely having some PTSD after what just happened to him in the previous episode, namely, you know, getting dragged into fire by former Padawan he thought was dead and obviously has some issues with him, but you know, just everything with, with that episode, the story beats just hit a lot of the same stuff from episode four well i mean episode four compared to star wars i mean it's all in the numbers man mm-hmm. but yeah I, yeah agreed i mean the the one thing that threw me a little bit with episode four was there seemed to be so many people that were upset by it and while there was a lot, like, yeah, there was a lot of story beats that were similar to, to Star Wars and also, you know, which was also sort of rehashed in Force Awakens. This one I found added a lot more lore to these bad guys that we don't really have a whole lot of history or knowledge on through the mediums that they've appeared in. I mean, we... We don't really know exact. I mean, the comics sort of go into it a bit more in depth into how they got started, but we don't know all of the details about them or, you know, any real details about the characters. We we do learn a bit more about Reva as, you know, the episodes progress, uh, especially with episode five. But this one I thought added some lore, which I thought was neat. 
And I mean, we do get a pretty daring escape with Obi-Wan, though hiding Leia under a trench coat had to be the most obvious thing that anybody had to have seen. It was and hilarious. Though. It was great. Yeah. It was great. It was so stupid. And I, I, I mean, I can understand people who are being mad about it, but it still was like the funny stupid that I, oh, I don't. Oh, gosh, like. yeah. So I, I, I just found that the uproar of, over episode four, like I thought it was a fine episode. I, I don't think it, I, I mean, there's a strong case to say that it wasn't the strongest episode by far in the series, but I didn't hate the episode after seeing it. But I loved, I loved this episode. Like, yeah. I think, I, I think that these, oh man. So, so the thing about this episode for me was like, Sometimes I'm just a mark, right? Mm-hmm. Sometimes there's so we get all the it's like these things that you would think would never really be in live action Star Wars. Everything's fair game now. So like I played I played Jedi Fallen Order when it came out. I loved that game. Like that was one of the things that like people were people were complaining about rise of Skywalker. And I'm like, why are you still complaining about rise of Skywalker? It's been out for like three weeks. Play Jedi fallen order. It's like, you know, the next thing is already out. Like this is, this is amazing. And, uh, it may have actually come out right before rise of Skywalker, but regardless, like it was, I finished it afterwards. Yeah. They were right around the same time. And, uh, and like, I, uh, where was I, where was it going? Oh, but like, there's, there's so much in this episode because the Fortress Inquisitorius is a major level in, in Jedi Fallen Order. And there's so much of this episode that is just that brought to life. Yeah. Um, and if this had been, I mean, if, if this had been almost any other property, if it had been Star Wars before Disney, you know, like if like like if there was an element, you know, of, uh, you know, if, if they were taking an element from Dark Forces and and putting it into the into Revenge of the Sith, they would completely redesign everything um, like you would you would say they would say, oh, that's a you know, that's a death trooper or whatever. But but it would be, it wouldn't be the thing from the video game. Like it would be, yeah. it was a few years later, just the visual style and everything would be, the technology would make things just different. Like this is, this is exactly, this is exactly that stuff. And I mean, I know that that's not, I know that that's like cynical corporate synergy stuff, but if they, if, if fallen order had not been a good game, then I wouldn't feel this stuff, yeah. but I just, I just, I, I don't know. It's just, I loved it. I loved it so much. I mean, it does help too the technology with uh, what's, I wanted to say the promenade. It's not the promenade. What is the place that they film all the stuff for like Mandalorian and that now I'm trying to remember. It's, it's escaping me like that thing. That they oh, have the video the, screens, the TV sets that they film yeah. everything on. Yeah, I, I forget what it's, I forget what it's called, but uh, 
yeah, a listener can a listener can let us know stuff. because I'll probably look it up afterwards. But yeah, <laughs> but yes, I mean it, it makes it so much easier to be able to to pluck that stuff now and just res it up and have it look good. Like it's it's not hard to to do that anymore. So I mean it, it's it's good that they were able to pick it up and put it into this and essentially confirm what happened in Fallen Order and still be able to add more to the lore. Because, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, I don't think you see crypts in Fallen Order, do you? I don't think so. Um, so, I mean, Yeah, I mean, you don't, yeah, no, you don't, yeah. It's a big level, but it's not, you know, it doesn't have, mostly you're just going down hallways. Yeah. Just like this movie, or, you, or just like <laughs> the show where you went down the hallways. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, Jordan, what 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 were your takeaways from episode four? I uh, actually, when I first watched it, I didn't realize the parallels that at first. Like talking about it now, yeah, it's obvious that there was some. But when I was watching it, I was just having a ball, you know. Right. Uh, and like there was some goofy things. There was some some fun things. Uh, I hadn't played the game, so I didn't know what like references from the game were there. Um. I I liked I did like the hallway where I mean like that was like a nice showing of how you know Obi Wan was getting his strength back and yes and also and also cool. like one of those things were like he, um one of those I I just like well saw one of those like stupid things on Facebook where it was talking about like who makes who makes door panels with a with a control panel when you shoot it it closes the pet the doors. Yes. And and it was like, well, that kind of makes sense in like space and stuff like that, because you want things to section each other off or something like that. You don't want power basically to open everything. So like they said, like, that makes sense. And I'm like, yeah, OK. So just it's it's just one of those things where like, well, I guess it makes sense. And now you see why they <laughs> they do stuff like that. Yeah. I mean, otherwise you'd have a base flooded with water throughout pretty much the entirety of it so which it, it kind sense. of was a little bit flooded yeah just not as bad as it would have been hmm. but i mean overall it was a good episode and we get you know the obi-wan and leia get to escape and i mean we do lose we 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 lose extra i don't even remember the name of the guy who got killed in the snow speeder but oh yeah so, I mean, yeah, I mean, it's a show where we know what's going to essentially happen at the end. So seeing some folks die along the way is not surprising, especially the ones with lesser rules. So. But then we move into episode five, which I thought a lot happened in. Uh, I mean, they get back to the planet. They're rushing to get everything done. Lola, as it turns out, has been sabotaged with a, a restraining bolt and traps them essentially in their own base. And they have to try and figure out what they're going to do. And Obi-Wan is like trying to stall. And then we, lo and behold, we get the backstory that I called in the recording that we did previously. Turns out that Reva did, in fact, want to get her revenge on Darth Vader for murdering the younglings that she was with. 
during Order 66. Yeah, I just it's... did not call that she got stabbed the first time. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's right. That's what that's what episode five taught me. Yeah. Getting stabbed in the stomach with a lightsaber is not a death sentence. Mm hmm. Because it cauterizes the wound. Because <laughs> multiple people seem to keep living through it. Mm. Yes, because the Grand Inquisitor comes <laughs> yeah, back as well. Back. I mean, I don't know. Like, I, I don't know. I guess, Greg, you're a sword expert. Mm-hmm. If somebody impales you with a sword, does, is that 100% a death sentence? Um, I mean, if it's in the stomach normally, because you're going to go septic rather quickly, I mean, the stomach acids are going to go everywhere else in your body. You're either going to get septic or your innards are going to start liquefying from the stomach acid. Yeah. And but what if also, you had the force? Well, that's that's one thing. But there's also the fact of whether your spine gets hit. Yeah, that's true, too. Which, I mean, if you've got the I, which force, I think is, you, which could I probably, think is, you could probably will yourself to hold everything in, but you'd be solely concentrating on that. Well, yeah. So first of all, the light si- the lightsaber would cauterize the wound. Yes. So it would, it would be clean through. Mm. So that would, that would, I mean, it would mess some things up for sure. Oh yeah. Um, and it may not be a perfect, like it would, it, it would be clean through, but that doesn't mean there wouldn't be some weirdness in there. Yeah, you know, so like sometimes you die, if but you're you going to try and move, it's going to, you know, you're running the risk of everything opening up in any way. Yeah. Yeah. I just, and I mean, you know, maybe you, and also maybe there's a, maybe there's a, um, like a, like a technique if you're in that sort of like, you're expecting to get stabbed mode mm-hmm. that, uh, you could, that you could maybe like move your organ, move your organs around so that it maybe misses some of the, Important ones. Force works in mysterious ways. Yeah. I mean, I mean, it seems like, yeah. And, and I mean, just in general, it does seem like you could, you could probably, you could probably hold it together, you know, long enough. Like she was, she was right next to a ship that probably yeah. had medical who's And, you know, we learned from the Clone Wars movie that if you're dying of, uh, of a missile of a miscellaneous illness, then you just spray it and then you're better. So, I mean, you know, medical technology is pretty, is pretty amazing in the star Wars universe. Well, look at the Mandalorian. He gets like brain damage and a concussion and he gets sprayed with some sort of aerosol thing and it fixes him up in like a couple of hours. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. I mean, Darth Maul got chopped in half. Yeah, but then the force wit then there's was those force witches that gave him legs back again. Right, but that was like years later. And he was a scorpion and he was the scorpion king for a while. After. He was yeah, he was the, <laughs> the spider legs, yeah. There was a spider mall. Which S- seriously, I will tell you, you, I will tell you episode. I will tell you that I heard like little bits and pieces before I actually saw the episode that he had spider legs and I thought that was going to be like an ongoing thing. Like, like when he came back, he came back with spider legs. Uh, but then they, you know, of course, they they, almost, yeah, they, I he, think it was, was just too hard to render that. For, yeah. I mean, it was pretty clear that, that they did the mystical stuff just as like shorthand. Uh, they, they gave him magical, magical, magical robot, robot legs. legs. <laughs> yeah. 
But that's okay. Like, it's okay to hand wave some of this stuff. It's Star Wars. Yeah. yeah. But oh, overall, with episode five, I mean, we, we got a lot of, I mean, we literally get a flashback <gasps> to Attack of the Clones between Obi-Wan and Anakin in like a sparring sort of session with lightsabers. And it sort of feeds into like we we actually get. I remember listening to something last week talking about this. So we actually get a point where instead of just Vader looking out a window and us wondering what the hell he's thinking about, we actually know what he's thinking about. You know, he's remembering this scene. He's remembering this time and is feeding into pissing him the hell off and why he wants to prove to himself more than anything anybody aside from obi-wan that he's better than him or he can beat him which in the end he doesn't because there is a mysterious hit other hidden ship that we never saw through the entirety of any of the episodes that, there's always another ship yeah I- I I just figured that they just basically cobbled together what some of the spare parts things there just to make it look like it was there. Like, but like I, if, yeah, if I mean they had possible. more than one ship, they had more than one ship because yeah, they people were coming in, came going. yeah, people were coming and going. Yeah. He came on a he came on a different ship from the one that they were going to leave on or something. Yeah, um, yeah. True. So there there definitely was was more than one ship. They probably just had enough, like that ship that was that was fake taking off didn't have the thing but don't you know I there's still, always I, another ship I there's really always another like ship that didn't you see Rise of Skywalker <laughs> um but um so, so that's an interesting take that you have on the flashback cuz for me the flashback although he uh, for me the flashback was more about Obi-Wan than it was well it was about Obi-Wan knowing Anakin mm-hmm. rather than uh Anakin thinking back on it i mean i guess maybe it was still and thinking back on it, like guys, but um, it was it was a good example of something that we haven't yet seen, uh, where Obi Wan knows, you know, he says he says Anakin doesn't have the, you know, Vader doesn't have the patience for a siege. Yeah. Um, he he knows he knows what Vader's tactics are going to be if if left unchecked. And he knows that Vader probably hasn't in the last 10 years, he probably hasn't had a lot of people questioning his orders. So he probably hasn't grown as a tactician. So, so he can kind of, he can use that to his advantage. Um, And, and just, and just like knowing which, which really does a good job of tying Darth Vader, the guy in the suit to Anakin, the guy from the, from the prequels, which, which is what this show needed to do, what this show does really well. And, and it's, and it's something that we just, it's something that we haven't had before. Certainly not um, in the, in this, in this type of context. Uh, Cause to me, like this is, you know, a lot of star Wars goes back to, you know, we filled in the gaps when we were growing, when we were kids, Uh to me, when when uh, when he says, "When I left you, I was about the learner. Now I'm the master." There's an implication that Vader turned to the dark side, and then there were more fights. Mm-hmm. There was there they've that they've you know that they've that they had fought kind of after that, and 
and after Revenge of the Sith, we kind of changed that idea to they had their fight. He became Vader. Once he was Vader and it was clear that the Empire had taken over, the fight's over. We need to we need to go our separate ways, hide the children, look for, you know, and wait, wait until there's there's an opportunity to fight back. Yeah. Um, and and it just sort of was that was not exactly the sense of what I had before the before seeing Revenge of the Sith. And this actually kind of brings it back more towards more towards what I, where 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 it was before. And frankly, when I left you, I was but the learner. Now I am the master. That to me is Vader learned something from. I guess we're I'm moving into the sixth episode, but Vader learned something from that final confrontation. Mm-hmm. He learned he learned and 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 then he learned something from the conversation that he has with Palpatine at the end, where where he where he basically says Obi Wan is of no consequence because there's there's more there's there's more to it than just you know there's more. It does, the Empire has been has been massively successful, and who cares if they couldn't find this one guy that's hiding on a planet? The only reason that he came out of hiding was was that uh, was that so, was that somebody did something to you know to bait him out of hiding. If if they just leave him alone, then you know nothing will happen. I'm sorry, Jordan. What was it that you were saying? Oh, I was just saying that I that still was of episode, of the fifth episode. That's still the false chip thing was still one of my favorite moments. Oh, God. Where, yes. We're just Vader's just pissed off walking in. The ship takes off and he just grabs it out of the air with the force. Oh, yeah. That was like mm-hmm. a, that was like right out of force unleashed. Yeah. yeah. Like it, it was. It was just it was just like one of those things where like, oh, yeah, yeah, he's still pretty he's still pretty mad about things. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and something else that <laughs> that fo- that folks have, have brought up is like, OK, he brought down a ship, tore out a bunch of engines, but then he couldn't stop the other ship. I'm um, thinking, didn't you play any of the games? There's a force meter. You have to let it build right, back up. Right. <laughs> yeah. Right. Well, in the and I mean, it's a soft magic system, uh, but but there is there is a cost to using the force. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think both in in the third episode and the fourth episode and and really probably in this in the or the, the, the third episode and the fifth episode and probably the sixth episode, uh, there are times when it's when it's clear that what Vader can do varies over time. Mm-hmm. There is, but there, but it's because there's a cost using the force. And also if you distract someone who's using the force, if you make them, if you break their con- concentration for a second, they can't necessarily get it right back. You know, yeah. that goes as far back as, as, uh, you know, as Luke on Dagobah mm-hmm. when, when he, when the ship sinks and then he drops, he drops uh, R2 and everybody else uh, and, and Yoda falls down and and all that stuff like like you can do you can do tons of stuff with the force. But if you lose your conference concentration for, for just a second, it's hard to get that back. And yeah. 
and if and and if you if you lose your momentum in a fight, that's that seems to be that seems to be the best way to defeat Vader right now because Vader is is all out aggro if you're if you're just in a straight fight. Yeah. Like he's he's just he's he's got more raw power. He's got more midi chlorians than anybody else. Which Reva finds out in this episode because she gets stabbed in the stomach again mm-hmm. for trying to take him. You know, well, she tries to take him out from behind, which he doesn't take kindly to. And then the yeah. preceding fight, she just really it shows that she had. I mean, yes, plot armor and all. But obviously, she really had no chance against him. I mean, there are points where he's not even like the start of the fight. He's not even using a lightsaber whatsoever. He is literally just using the force to just stop her from hitting him. And then once he does get a lightsaber, it's not even his. He breaks hers, gives her half. And it's like, aha, Kit Kat, here we go. Yeah. yeah, I oh, man, I love I love that so much. And just anytime somebody. Uh, is in a lightsaber duel and uses their and and like is using the force and is dominant. Like I go back and forth because one of the things like I I I get on people's case for being too nitpicky about this stuff, but of course everybody read a book one time and has some some rule that was established in some book that they like harp on. But uh, in the uh, Darth uh Darth Bane books when he's in training they establish that the reason that when when people are lightsaber dueling that they mostly are just like jousting or not jousting uh fencing like mm-hmm. that it's mostly just the lightsabers and it's not the other stuff is that when you're in that setting it's it's relatively easy to just kind of put up a like a force shield around yourself that yeah. That prevents yourself from being picked up and thrown or or whatever else. Um, and so sometimes sometimes like I, like I don't I don't hold it against people when they don't follow this rule too much or I try not to. But like in, in situations like this, uh, like where the point is that he is just infinitely more powerful than she is. uh it's it's really you know it's really like it's really interesting um and then the other thing is and this is this is like a you know nitpick whatever yelling at clouds on the internet um the other thing is he's the only reason that she doesn't actually get him is that he knows that she's going to betray him eventually so he's on he's on on guard he still was he still was kind of tricked by kenobi but but he's also kind of still waiting at any point sometime between uh the time that he brought her on at the beginning and uh and today cuz he recognized her I love that like he you know he recognized her from from way back when yeah um cuz he doesn't Call know you know he doesn't one. know when he's going to be- when she's going to betray him but he does know that he can't trust her and freaking that's true of all dark Jedi. Yeah. Like they always are betraying each other, but like even more so with her. Oh, I loved it. It was good stuff. And then of course the grand inquisitor shows back up. We knew that something was up because he yeah. shows up in rebels. So, yeah. And of course that was me. That's, that's kind of the one, 
the one thing about this show that kind of is a little bit of a bummer is that he just has bad makeup. Yeah. Like it wasn't, it wasn't a, a, a some kind guy. of, some kind of switcheroo thing. Like I was expecting what I was expecting was for the grand inquisitor that looks like a Palin to show up at some point with the messed up teeth and the longer, wider face. But no, it, they just, they just did bad makeup. Yeah. But I mean, overall episode five, I think does a good job and it leads right into the start of six. Like you said, we've got parallels to star Wars where we've got a star destroyer chasing after this ship. Uh, and it really parallels as well with last Jedi in that, you know, the, the hyperdrive's not working. You know, they need to figure out something. Otherwise they're eventually they're going to be dead in the water. Um, so it comes down to Obi-Wan deciding he needs to draw them off and that Leia is more important than him. And he knows that they're, that Vader wants him, even though everybody else is going to tell him, no, we should be going after the rest of them. Not just this lone Jedi. He doesn't give a shit. And I was kind of expecting him to do a bit of a force choke on the Grand Inquisitor at that point. <laughs> but we oh, didn't man, that was, that was like a thing we were missing from this uh, from from this from this series is is a Vader, a Vader force choke using a with a bad pun. Yeah, I mean, we did well, sort of get it in episode four with Reva, but I mean, then she saves herself because of the fact that she put the tracker on him. Mm-hmm. But. Oh man, that's just, I just, this just occurred to me. So, you know how Vader always makes bad jokes when he's choking people. Mm-hmm. Imagine if, if throughout like, uh, the prequel trilogy and the clone wars, Anakin was constantly making puns. I mean, he made some, I, yeah, but not, just not really in the movies. They weren't really. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I, I don't know. Someone, I don't feel like, I don't feel I, like they were as cr- like, they were as cringy as, as uh, don't choke on your aspirations or uh, or uh, you know apology accepted, Captain Nita. Like, I'm pretty sure someone did a like a fan comic of that though, where like it's like some random Jedi that survives Order 66 sees Vader choke someone, drop someone, and their first is like Anakin. <laughs> So I'm I'm jumping ahead because there are rumors of a season two, and I don't really necessarily think that they need to do a season two with the way that this ended. But there is one thing that's that's sprung to mind when they started talking about it, and it's that I don't if they do a season two, I don't think I want. I think if if there is going to be another time between Vader and Kenobi meeting in some sort of a fashion, I don't want it as involved as what it was in this season. There is one scene that I want to see from Vader, though, and it is very in line with what we see in Rogue One in that it's a it's just a badass moment. And I forget what I know it's one of the Darth Vader comics and I can't remember which one it is. It was recent. Mm But he's surrounded by rebels. They're like, we have you surrounded. And he, you just see him ignite the lightsaber. He says, all I'm surrounded by 
is fear and dead men. And I want that scene in live action because it, that would be amazing. To was see. that Invader Down? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, I and it's, it's it just an amazing, like just the, the way that it all lines up and you just see him spark the lightsaber and he says that and you're like, Oh shit, this is another one of those Rogue One scenes where people don't mm. realize that, you know, he's literally going to murder an entire battalion by himself. So I would, what I want, as far as, as I don't want another Obi-Wan series, or if, I, or if we had another Obi-Wan series, I would want it to be all on Tatooine. Like I mm. would, I think, um, I think that would be, that would be pretty cool to see, uh, you know, just Obi-Wan, not, you know, much, much less, you know, less action. Actually, like, weirdly more similar to uh, to what Book of Boba Fett was. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, but, uh, but, like, like, but what I would, what I would like, legitimately I would like, is I would like a Darth Vader uh, a Darth Vader mini series like yeah. this, you know, just, just a, don't make it a, I mean, you can, if you need to make some origin checklists, that's fine. Like, you know, mm-hmm. if you need to show me the origin of the, uh, Royal guards, or if you need to show me the something with the, something about the building of the death star, or if you need to show me why he can, bounce lasers off of his glove, like whatever, you know, if you need to do that, that's fine. But like, just give me a, just a strict Vader series. Give me a Vader. Vader is the main character and it is a character study of him. Maybe he has a, like I used to always say, I mean, I know this wouldn't work, but something along those lines, like I would like, a. I would like a series where where there's a chance that Vader could turn back to the light side, um, you know, where he does something that's good. And then, you, you know, I mean, I know we know that he's not going to, but like the every show on television is about uh, is about a guy who you would think is a villain and then he's maybe going to be a hero and you're going to root for him. And then he ends up being an asshole again. Like that's, it's freaking all of modern television. So do that with Darth Vader. Um, I don't know if I'd really want to have some sort of a redemptive arc for him though. Like I really wouldn't mind the idea of just Vader being a complete and utter mm-hmm. dick for like four episodes. Well, I, I was going to say, I don't mind them giving him the options if they make it pretty obvious that he's turning them down. Mm-hmm. Like he knows that he could go back. Like if he's given the, like many of these times, I think if he's just was given these options and it's pretty obvious he can go back, it would be, it would be difficult and hard, mm-hmm. but he could go back. And instead he decides to just stick to the dark side. I think that that would work too. I, I mean, yeah, I, it doesn't even have, I don't know. Uh, there's there's a lot of directions you could take with it. I think that's kind of that, that. My thing is, I guess I guess I would like, and I would also like more uh, flash, more flashbacks to more Hayden Christensen flashbacks in general. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, some an excuse, you know, an excuse to do that. Uh, 
I think that I think that, that worked really well in in the Obi Wan show, and I think that just sort of doing more tying, doing more work to really connect the Vader that we see in the original trilogy to Anakin in the in the prequels in general, and I do specifically think that uh, having a the giving giving. I mean, whatever, you know, whether, however they, I mean, have good writers do it and it'll be good. Like, Mm -hmm. I, I don't know. I don't know the specific, I don't want to get into too much into the specifics, but I do kind of think that if he, whether he was, whether he was teaming up with somebody who was a good guy or, or whether he used his, whether he, he reunited with somebody that he worked with, uh, when he was, when he was a, uh, when he was, you know, when he was Anakin and reveals that he was that, you know, that he's the same person that he was or however, you know, however you would want to handle it. Um, and I mean, he's not because he's not a hero. I mean, he's not going to be no matter what. He's not going to be a hero. He mm-hmm. has to end up the villain. But you could you could kind of give him make have him take actions that are a little bit more gray area as opposed to like. He's kind of a sometimes when he sometimes he's written as kind of a. It's kind of a either a force of nature or a mustache twirling villain. And I don't really think that's who he was in the original trilogy. Um, I mean, he's he's definitely he's definitely very determined. Yeah. Um, you know, but like when he says, join me and we can rule the galaxy together as father and son. He he literally like he is he is authentically saying, you know, he's even though the emperor sent him there to, to turn him to the dark side and have him join, he's saying, no, you and I can work together and we can, and we can overthrow the emperor. Um, so he, he has his warped sense of morality and really believes he really legitimately believes that what he is, he has done. Every decision he has made has been for the betterment of, of, uh, of mankind or whatever, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, he's just he's got like a warped sense. So if he could have a little bit of clarity and have a little bit of doubts. And I mean, he's always he's always trying to overthrow Palpatine, like in, you know, indirectly in ways that he technically has deniability or whatever. But him and Palpatine and all of the like side comics and everything are always trying to, you know, they're kind of always trying to undermine each other, even though they're working together. Yeah. And, you know, kind of do stuff with that, do stuff with, you know, this uh, like a chance of making things better and just just tie him to the hero that we knew in Clone Wars. Yeah. And I don't know. I don't know. Although I did I did kind of gloss over what happens in episode six because we do get. Yeah, we we get like probably. Yeah, it's, it's the best fight that we've had since Revenge of the Sith. Uh, I will I will go on record as saying uh, and we get we we finally get a point, I think, with Obi-Wan where you finally get to see him be the master that everybody else knew he could be. But he never really showed it. I mean, yes, he was he was like greatest defensive lightsaber duelist of a generation. But you didn't really see him using the force that we saw with other folks. 
and we finally get to see him actually sort of break open a little bit. You know, we, we see him throwing boulders at Vader, like throwing, like he literally gets buried at one point by Vader and then manages to break out of it and sort of get forced supercharged with the realization that, you know, he's got, he, he has an attachment that he hasn't let go. You know, he's got this attachment. He never really realized he had in Luke and in Leia and it's feeding him to, you know, he can't give up now. And I think that plays into maybe by the end of this series, he realizes, Hey, this is why we lost. We, we became too dogmatic in the view that, you know, no attachments whatsoever. And we sort of lost sight of what we should be doing as these, you know, defenders of people. And, you know, I think I thought it was a really, really good fight. We get pretty much a mirror of Vader versus Ahsoka in Rebels. Only literally just the other side of the mask is what gets cut open. We get the continuity. Now we see where his his injury happened on the top of his head from fighting with Obi-Wan, that lightsaber cut essentially on the top of his head. And we get quite possibly what will be like the most emotion we've ever seen aside from revenge of the Sith with Anakin. And, you know, this, you know, I wasn't your failure. And you didn't kill Anakin. I killed Anakin. And that, turn you know you got the blue light from obi-wan's lightsaber at first and you're thinking maybe something maybe they're gonna have this heart to heart and they sort of do in a sense because he has this single tear going down he's like it wasn't you know you you i'm not the re i didn't turn out because of you it was me but it was me I own it. This is how I view it. it. You know, but you're in my way. So, but I thought it was a great scene. And I f- did feel like the, the ending of the episode was a bit rushed after that because we immediately go to Reva, who's trying to kill Luke, even though she doesn't know exactly why. I don't think, I don't think she put two and two, two together. Or maybe she did. I'm not sure. It's never really said, and, but I mean, she does sort of get a bit of redemption in the end and that she chooses not to kill Luke, but then you've got a force wielder that's running around that used to be an inquisitor. So what's going to happen with that? Cause we never hear about her again. So, so, okay. Well, for, well, we'll hear about her again. Don't worry. Probably. Um, I, I, I would, I would love to see more with her and I just, I would love to see more with all these characters. Like, like we need, I I'm, I'm just, I, I'm, I don't know. I, my one criticism of, of Disney is that we don't get enough content. Um, I think that, uh, well, it's, it's the, uh, specifically their, their not since Disney has taken over, uh, the novels and the, uh, and the, and the comics, although there are a lot of great ones, mm-hmm. um, there's, there are limits to, what they can do because we're getting so much kind of kind of primary content. That yeah, that it's hard stuff, to that it's hard to have the stuff, stuff on happen. the outliers that connects uh, it properly. Yeah, yeah, and and so you end up either with stuff with completely unconnected characters, 
which is which is fine, but also like sometimes I need something to latch on to. Um, or you have stuff that is, I don't know, like like just I don't know stuff that I'm just not I don't know. But anyway, um, I, what was I saying? Oh, so Re- Reva, I think I think it's it's pretty clear to me that she sees in she sees in the message the Vader is interested in 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 the in the children in uh you know in in Luke and you know owned by the you know the somehow connected to Owen the boy that's connected to Owen and she hates Vader she also kind of hates Obi-Wan um and she is and her and her ra- and her reasoning is corrupted by the dark side of the force mm-hmm. um the dark side of the force wants Luke dead uh and uh which which you know that that might be a little bit of a that's that's a little bit of me taking creative liberties but really but the simpler the simplest version of it is she sees this she sees that there's a boy that the that that vader is interested in and she may not yeah she may not know that he's vader's son specifically but she knows that she knows that if he finds out about him or or whatever that he will that he will want it you know he will want to take that to take that kid and do all the you know give him the horrible childhood that she had and she has and through her you know corrupt weird re- reasoning she thinks the best way to hurt vader is to kill luke mm-hmm. and and i think that that's i think that that makes sense it kind of like a, a combination of a lot of different things like if you just kind of if you just kind of you know that's the kind of thing that like the novelization will, if there's ever a novelization of this or a, or some kind of adaptation, they'll go into more detail with that. Yeah. If there's another, uh, Reva series, or if she gets a novel or, or something like that, I'm sure they'll go into more detail, um, on, on exactly what she was thinking and everything. But I don't think we need to know that. I think that it's pretty clear that she's still a danger, that she's still a danger that if she finds out about something that she's going to kill them like that, you know, it's not, you know, uh, um, but she has her, you know, a little bit of redemption and yeah. Who, what is she going to, what is, what is she going to do? Is she going to completely turn around? Is she going to still have some dark side in her or, or what, you know, what will, what, what, what's the rest of her story? I, I definitely want to know the rest of her story. Mm-hmm. But we do tie up the loose ends as well, because, I mean, we get Obi-Wan going back to see Leia and, you know, he tells her about her parents. You know, I mean, he doesn't go into the specifics, obviously, but, you know, he he lets on that he knew them. He finally gets to see Luke and he finally gets to give him the toy that we saw in episode four. And then we get the. The cameo that everybody was sort of anticipating in that we finally get Qui-Gon as the Force Ghost in live action. So that was a, a pretty good way to end the series, I thought. Um, overall, I, I thought... what he said to him. Yes. <laughs> Especially at the very beginning, he's like, about damn time. Yeah, yeah, where he's like, he's like, I've always been here. I was just waiting for you to finally see me. Yes. I thought that was pretty cool. Um, 
And I mean, the way that they leave it off, they don't necessarily have to make a season two. I thought they closed everything up pretty good. I mean, we, we do still have, we don't know what happens with, with Reva. We know what happens with the Inquisitors pretty much. Um, we obviously know what happens with Vader and Obi-Wan and, and of course everybody online is now like, I've got an idea for season two. Uh, Obi-Wan has to go off with Luke and rescue Leia again. And then he dies and Luke has to then go with Leia and these two other guys that they pick up and blow up a Death Star. It's like, that should be season two. And it's like, well, yeah, I mean, you don't really have to add anything on season two doesn't have to be a thing, but I mean, there's probably stuff that you could do, but it doesn't, it doesn't have to be if there isn't enough demand for it. Like, I don't think that they need to try and, you know, ham fist any more story into it. I mean, the next 10 years, I mean, if you wanted to do Luke, beating around Tatooine. I mean, I guess you could do something like that, but as far as Obi-Wan's story, we pretty much know what happens. He stays on Tatooine for the next 10 years. So, but see how it goes. But overall, I, I, I think it was a good companion piece to, to all of these films to, and really it was nice to be able to get, Ewan McGregor back as Obi-Wan and especially to get Hayden Christensen back as Vader and actually have him in the suit and, you know, get that scene where you've got the, the, the helmet cracked, you're seeing his face, he's got the makeup on and just, you know, it, it, I thought they did a really good job with that. And if, if we don't get him in Vader costume again or anything along those lines, I think they did a really good job with, with these six episodes for him. And I think, he i think so many years after the fact after so many people were so critical of what he did in the prequels and certainly they weren't my my favorite films either but i think for a lot of folks it's grown on them and that they realize he was playing the awkward teenager slash young adult because that's exactly the type of portrayal that somebody would have had with those sorts of experiences of being socially maladjusted so it makes sense now <laughs> well, just my views on it oh my god everybody else is being too quiet <laughs> i talked a lot <laughs> no i i think the i mean the show's great uh yeah. Yeah. I, I yeah, I think it's, it's freaking it's, Yeah. Jordan, you talk. Yeah, I think it's it's a great like like you said, companion to to everything. I think it's a nice kind of bridge between the you know, between some of the movies and, and some of the things that we've seen and are hoping to see. Um I'm really not sure about a second season though. I mean I think with everything kind of wrapped up, I think they should just instead of like a second season, they should do like, like uh, you mentioned before, like the uh, uh, book of Belva Fett or something. Like they should just focus on another person. They can still like focus someone on Tatooine. Like they could focus on the early life of Luke or Owen, yeah. or you know something like that. But yeah. I don't think an actual Obi Wan season two would really do would do well. 
a continuation yeah. from from this maybe that like ties into it maybe but not not calling it like Obi Wan season two would work I think yeah I I I think it would just be too ham fisted I don't think they yeah. need I don't think there's any more story that you can really tell and, and still and be able to keep it, it as cohesive yeah and call it Obi Wan yeah 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 I mean you could call it Tatooine Knights or you know, Vader electric boogaloo or something <laughs> like that, I guess. But I, I don't think you, I don't think there's any more story with, with Obi-Wan aside from he's out in the desert, you know, yeah. learning from a ghost. Watch it over Luke's. Maybe yeah. Sometimes visiting Leia. Yeah. And he's no longer carving up the desert whale, whatever it was that they were doing. I, su- I suppose his little camel's probably not going to be happy that he's not getting any more treats every day, but but I mean that's 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 why he doesn't have it when he's old because he, he just right stop feeding it. Oh, poor camel. But yeah, I mean overall, I think I think it, this was a really good series, um, and having somebody like my wife watching it with me who isn't like the biggest star Wars fan, but, but still watches it. I mean, there were definitely some references that I wasn't sure on that she was questioning, but then there were other things too, where she's like, Oh, that's so cool. And you know, especially the, the, the last fight she, she thought that was really neat. Um, but yeah, I mean, overall, I think, I think it's a really good companion piece to, to the movies. Yeah, so there's there's our thoughts on on Obi Wan in a nutshell, I guess you could say, or in about four hours. So, but there you go. So, with that being said, uh, Kendall Jordan, do you have anything you would like to plug this week? Um, other than just like you know, still puzzling the uh, alphabet flight. Um. That's still going on. It's, I mean, it's over a thousand episodes. Jeez. We're, we're, we've gone from the original nine, like 1980 uh, handbooks to the 2000s and stuff. So, uh, um, I don't know. It's just, it's just kind of fun to see some of the crazy things that you you find in these books. Mm-hmm. The only ba- the only downside to the 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 2000 ones is this is where they start using the the po- the power bars thing. Oh yeah, yeah, sort <laughs> and, of like ranking stuff and yeah, and like art, art has had uh Rob London on who who works on the Marvel research team at times, so he, they've actually like put together a, a book like this, and they've said like no one likes those, yeah. like on the team, like they're they're just stupid. They're they're just there for the people who have to absolutely nitpick like well by their power levels, this person can beat this person. Yeah. Power levels are bullshit. <laughs> Over yeah, nine thousand. <laughs> Actually, yeah, I don't like I don't like power levels in in comics because I think that uh, that should be up to the that should be up to the writer. Yeah, mm-hmm. and and that's one of the complaints. It's like it's usually up to the writer, anyways. Like, yeah, it's agreed. it's almost it's ever hardly they stick to that. So, um, this is random, but uh. Uh, I 
I listened to a podcast one time with an, a Marvel editor and um, the official mandate for how time travel works in Marvel. Uh, do you guys know how, how time travel works officially in Marvel comics? No, nope. it doesn't. How, however, <laughs> the writer, it works. However, the writer wants it to work. Um, <laughs> that figures. That totally figures, which is, which is great. Uh, like, because I feel like Marvel continuity is generally like pretty tight for for what it is. Like, it's not, you know, it's not perfect, but it's considering the the ridiculous amount of content that happens within the Marvel universe and the Marvel multiverse and all the different multiverses. Because freaking, that's my one criticism of Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness is mostly officially. The MCU universe is the 616 universe, and there's also a 616 universe in Enter the Spider-Verse, and the 616 universe is the main Marvel continuity, is the main Marvel Comics continuity. So that means that the comics and Spider-Verse and the MCU are all not just in different universes, but they are in different multiverses, so they can never actually truly cross over. Hmm. Interesting. The of course, you know, the thing is maybe you know, each each universe calls themselves six one six. True. Is that's true. <laughs> I mean what, what I'm six one six. No, I am six one six. I mean, for a while, what what was it? It was like uh the Squadron Supreme's Earth was counter Earth or something like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then there's course, a there's Earth Earth one and Earth two of D C like Right. Why would they call themselves Earth Two? That's just well, that's, one calling them yeah, calling yeah. them Earth Two. Yeah, that's, that's what they call themselves. Yeah, that's um. There's a there's a moment in the Flash TV show where they talk about where they reference Earth Two and the guys like, you know that to to us your Earth is Earth Two, right? <laughs> <laughs> although although in the although in certain incarnations of the DC universe, it's like there's like the Earth One, the main one is the one that everything else mirrors off of or everything else works off of. So it is actually like if one thing happens, if a thing happens on that earth, then variations of that thing happens on, happen on all other earths where that may not be the case on other. So anyway, so I have this podcast <laughs> network, Kendallcast.ninja. Um, I, you can hear more topics similar to this. You can you can hear all sorts of stuff. The movie roundtable, that's what we called music. The Polish podcast, um, over three hundred episodes of of me rambling. Uh, not a thousand episodes, but they're longer. Some of them. <laughs> um, and not that it's a competition. And at K Hallman on Twitter. Uh, at K Hall or K Hallm, I have two youtube channels now k hallman and kendall cast network uh lots of star wars cards stuff if you like star wars then you should also like star wars cards uh yeah the end there you go and of course you can find me uh on twitter at the real gonmon g-o-n-m-u-n you can find this podcast well i'm if you're listening right now i would hope you found this on audioentropy.com or the player the podcast player of your choice since we're on google and apple and spotify and 
apparently we're even on stuff like iHeartRadio podcasts and all these other things. And I'm like, I have no idea. I never signed up for these, so I'm not sure how it happened, but we're everywhere apparently. So except for Acast, I don't think we're on Acast, but, but yeah, so you can find us there. Listen to a whole bunch of other podcasts like Audio Law and Playtest, Teenagers with Attitude, whole slew of different podcasts on AudioEntropy.com. I'm someday hoping whenever the Transformers RPG comes out that maybe I can try and figure out some sort of a campaign for that because it has been literally decades since the last time I ever DM'd anything. So I've got an idea in mind for a story that I'd like to try and play out, but I would want to see the system first and see how that would go. So we shall see. Maybe it'll be something for extra life. Maybe I'll try something for that. So we will see. Yeah, there you go. So it's been another couple of weeks. You got a couple of more episodes out of us. Probably the next time you'll be hearing from us is when Transformers Rise of the Beasts come, whenever that's going to be. Do we have a date for that? I don't think we do sometime in 2023, but I'm not exactly sure when. But they're, I mean. June 9th, 2023. Oh, there you go. So we're less we're less than a year away, but there there really hasn't been that much that's been said aside from like a few character models and you know marketing I mean, pictures for toys. Yeah, it's yeah it's a it's a little under a year, so they'll probably we'll probably start seeing uh, trailers or something for it. Uh, you know, uh, freaking. Uh, also, there haven't been that like the. The big summer blockbusters, there haven't been hardly any of them. Yeah. They're, maybe there'll be from, like aside during from Top the, Gun. Yeah. I saw Lightyear and Lightyear was really good. Like, don't believe the hate. Um uh it does it and it won't turn your children gay. There's a there's a there's a there's a lesbian there's a lesbian there's a lesbian kiss in it but it's but it's uh very very uh you know don't worry it won't it won't turn your children gay or if it does then that's you know that's even better yep Um, but (laughs) if they get they get turned gay because they see two middle-aged women give give a give a give a quick peck then they were probably going to find something anyway um (laughs) it's the internet i'm positive they would have found something else but but uh but is I recommend yeah let me plug let me just plug the the, the new Disney movie Lightyear yeah. there you go it's not like we've spent four hours plugging Disney content already but. and it's yeah the I don't know whoever who, the only thing is whoever had the idea of putting a thing at the beginning to say this is the movie that Andy watched like that completely like mis- it's not a movie from 1995 it's just not and that's fine. It's a good movie from 2022. But also, if if it was the movie that I want, if I did see this movie in 1995, then I would be really blown away because the special effects are really good for 1995. Yeah. Whether you're yeah. whether you're whether you're saying that this is what live action was because it's computer generated, or you're saying it was anyway. Move along. Sorry, I'm all over the place tonight. There you go. With that being said, folks. It's been another week. It's been another series. 
So for War and Beast, I have been Greg. I've been Jordan. And I'm always Kendall. May the force be with you folks. We'll see you when the beasts rise. Greg just saluted the camera again. Yes, I did. (laughs) I regret nothing. Good night, friend. Good night, but not...